You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. Answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. 
You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment. Good morning, everybody. So great to have you here this morning. Thank you for being part of a Victory Christian Fellowship. And we just love God and we love what he's up to. He's up to something good today. He's got something good for you today. And if you're watching online, we say welcome to you, Father. We're so grateful and thankful that we have a good God. And Lord, you love us. And Lord, we're just going to receive of your love as we worship and praise you and give you all the glory and allow your Holy Spirit to do what only he can do. We just trust you, Lord, with all of our heart and lean out to our own understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
Come on, we're going to tap into the power of God today. God's power is right here, right now. God's power works all the time. There's never a power shortage in God's kingdom. And you can plug into it anywhere you at. All you got to do is know the name of Jesus. And have faith in that name. Faith in that name releases the power of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we got to celebrate the power of God. We got to celebrate the power of God. Hallelujah. God gave us his power. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's no one greater than our God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for your power. The power of your word. The power in your name. The power of your blood. Oh, the power of the Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We honor you. We bless you, Lord. We reverence you. Thank you for filling this place and filling your people. Lord, stretch forth your hand right now and heal your people. Bring healing and wholeness to anyone who's suffering from sickness and disease, infirmity, in weakness. If something's not working right or working the way it should, Father, let your power loose every joint of every person. In the name of Jesus, raise every person up who has been down. Turn their situation around. Glory to God. Oh, we give you thanks and praise. Father, may your power go out into this town and into this region in the name of Jesus like a wind, like a fire, like a cloud. Hallelujah. Let it blow, Lord. Blow across Palmyra. Blow across Lebanon County. Blow across Dauphin County. Blow across Pennsylvania. Hallelujah. Let the wind of God, we prophesy to the wind right now. Wind, blow. Blow. We speak to every dead bone. We say dead bone. Hear the word of the Lord. Every person who's dead in sin, hear the word of the Lord. Every person who's addicted to something they shouldn't be addicted to, hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Every person who's lost, hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Every person whom God is not first, hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. And Father, we ask you to straighten out the crooked things that are being done in this country. The deception and the lies and the false statements. Father, let them be exposed by the light of God. And Lord, I ask you, Father, to take this moment in history and use it as a stepping stone for people to turn their hearts toward you. 
to come to the knowledge of Jesus as the true and only Savior, the only way to heaven. And Lord, I thank you for turning crooked things around, straightening them out, filling up the low places, tearing down the high places. And Lord, so the King can have entrance into hearts. Father, we pray for the church of Jesus Christ, the true church, the blood-bought church, the glorious church, to rise up and to speak over this nation, to speak the word of God, to stand up for righteousness and holiness and justice in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that justice will be served to those who break the law. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you are a just God. And we know, Lord, that you work out all things according to your will in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for healing this land. Healing this land. Forgive us for the babies that have been aborted. Forgive us, Father, for being slack in allowing things to take place that we should have authority over. But Lord, we take our authority right now and we take our stand in the name of Jesus and we thank you for bringing great healing and restoration into our land in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And Father, we thank you that you speak to us. Shetoko yete shehe, o nahaye, kia shamamae, kia kushamamea, o naha, kia shaneakotaha, o nehe, o shehe, o nahaye aki, shamamahea yaho, anahe. Take heed to my word my children, for it is the way out of trouble. It is the balm of Gilead that heals your wounds. It is the new wine that refreshes your soul. It is the way of truth, the way of righteousness, and the way of peace. I give you my peace, not as the world gives, I give you my peace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you so much for being here. VCF is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> but it's always good and sweet. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what I, just, I just wanted to say yeah. one thing about worship. Yeah. I had said this a few weeks ago. You have to be, you have to flow with the Holy Ghost in worship. Yeah. And the devil has gotten used to how worship goes in church, but not this church. So you have to, you'll be ready. Amen. Because we flow, because the Holy Spirit knows what's needed. We just put songs together. But when we actually sing, we're not performing, we're worshiping God. And he directs. Amen. So 
that's what we do around here. You just, you think it's going one way and then we shift. That's how it goes. Amen. I like that. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Well, one of the things that we are privileged to do is to speak God's Amen. word. Amen. So I want to invite you to make a confession of faith that's based on God's word. Let's make our confession together. God's, God's kingdom, kingdom operates on the principle of seed time and harvest. Seeds are powerful tools that bring increase and produce harvest. God has empowered us to be fruitful and multiply. Our God is good to us, and his blessing causes the earth to yield its harvest for us. We purposely plant our seed in good ground, and it grows, ripens, and we reap its return. We know the condition of our assets and pay close attention to our finances so that our family is well taken care of and we are able to help others. We work in God's kingdom. We receive wages and gather fruit for eternal life. We rejoice when we plant and when we reap. Our seeds begin to increase greatly the moment they are planted. We reap abundantly because we sow generously. We cheerfully and freely give to God's work and kingdom. God makes every favor and earthly blessing come to us. And we have more than enough to do what God wants and give to others. We are sowers and the Lord gives us seed and meets our needs. According to his glorious riches in Christ. He multiplies our resources and increases our righteousness, so we are enriched in every way. We walk worthy of the Lord and please Him in all things. We are fruitful, producing abundant harvests in every good work and steadily growing in the knowledge of God. Our faith is strong, our insight is clear, and our love is strong for God's Word. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. I wanted to share Josiah's testimony. You want to share your testimony? Okay. Josiah wanted me to share his testimony. Last Sunday I was telling you about my, you know, doctorate and how I had declared that things would happen in hours instead of days and weeks. So on Thursday evening, we purchased some items that Josiah had deeply desired for his room. Because, you know, life cannot go on <laughs> without these things. <laughs> so uh, so on Friday morning, you know, when we woke up, this was late at night we placed the order. Josiah was looking for the ship inf- shipping information. He said, yes, because last night when I went to bed, I prayed that these things will happen in hours instead of days. And I thought, oh, yeah, well, I mean, I can't argue with that. I said it. <laughs> it worked for me. <laughs> well, once you know, the the things happen in hours. His packages, yeah. His packages arrived way ahead of time. It arrived so early that we had everything built. You have to build a desk 
put all these things together, which you know that how that goes. We built all his things, put everything in his room, and it was finished before the time would have been that his pa- his first package would have arrived. Isn't that awesome? So I'm saying all that to tell you this, that when you hear a testimony of something happened for somebody else, guess what? It can happen for you. You just have to use your mouth to say it. So there's nothing to be afraid of if you say it. Just say it. And do all the actions to expect it. Josiah was completely expecting it to happen. And it did. We stood in awe as we (laughs) hovered to see it happening. (laughs) But in your house, testify of things that God did. So your children and grandchildren can pick up on it. I tell Gabriel all our testimony so he can pick up on it. You know what I'm saying? Things get passed down to kids, but unfortunately, a lot of times it's not the good stuff. They pick up stuff, but it's not always the good stuff. <laughs> Let them pick up the good stuff. Amen? So Josiah got his hours instead of days and weeks thing done. So he's a happy boy today. <laughs> Amen. Good morning, everybody. Today is May 1st. Woohoo! <laughs> So today, after service, we have book club for the ladies. We are studying Dr. Fiona's book, Identity Reset, and it is awesome. So if you are able to stay for that, that will be after service. Tuesday, we have youth group. Woohoo! <laughs> and that's at 6 p.m. We have ongoing fundraisers because we are going to Raymond Camp Meeting, their 50th anniversary in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. So we have new surprises every week. This week we have like uh, reverse tie-dyed t-shirts, which we did with bleach. That was interesting. And um, we have ice cream sandwiches. So check stuff out in the back there. Oh, and chicken curry that Grace made with rice because you got to have both together. It's, It's delicious. Wednesday, we have Wednesday night refreshing. And that is at 6.30. It is good to be in the house of the Lord all the time. But especially in the middle of the week, it gives you a good boost. It is aptly named refreshing. And this week, um, Dr. Fiona is going to her graduation because she got her doctorate. So congratulations, Dr. Fiona. (laughs) That is awesome. We are very excited for her. And, oh yeah, Shopify. So something new that is happening here at VCF is now on the website, vcfpa.org, we have a store called Shopify, which allows all of our books and items that we sell here to be shipped anywhere around the world. Isn't that awesome? We are expanding so we can get our products and what we're doing here out to everybody. So that costs about $35 a month. So if you are interested in sponsoring a month, you can do that. You can, like, designate a store on a check or help out in the bookstore. We are open to all of that fun stuff. All right. And my fact that I learned this week is about evergreens. So I was thinking about trees as I was driving all around because it's springtime and everything's, you know, all green and pretty. But evergreens stay green all year round. And I was wondering why. Because every other tree around it, all the leaves fall off. Why doesn't that one? And it's because of its specific design. 
It's got needles, so it's like a rolled up leaf is basically how they described it. And it's got a wax coating, so it helps it preserve water. The needles do fall off, but you just can't tell because at the same time that um, the old ones are falling off, new ones are growing. So it constantly looks green because it's changing at the same time instead of at one point and then another point. So I was thinking about how that kind of relates to us as Christians because we should be green all the time, right? We are planted by living waters. We should be green all the time for everybody to look at. So basically, with the rolled up leaves, we have to be wrapped up in the word. And that wax coating that's on top of the needle is the Holy Spirit. Because it says in the Bible that he seals us with the Holy Ghost. So isn't that exciting? So here at VCF, we are evergreen trees all year long. <laughs> Amen. And it also says our leaves shall not wither. Glory to God. Say, my leaves are withering. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So glad that you're here this morning. Hallelujah. You came to someplace good. You're in the right place. Amen. However you got here, you're in the right place. And God's got something for you. He's loaded, he's, he's loaded with, he brought a load of benefits today. I mean, the Bible says he daily loads you with benefits. How many appreciate his benefits? Every one of you are recipients of God's benefits. I want to share something before we uh, dismiss our kids from Second uh, Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4, starting with verse 8. Now that... There came a day when Elisha went over to Shunem, where there was a prominent and influential woman, and she persuaded him to eat a meal. Afterward, whenever he passed by, he stopped there for a meal. So this woman was sowing into the prophetic. She was sowing meal, 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 okay? Verse 9. She said to her husband, Behold, I sense that this is a holy man of God who frequently passes by our way. Please let us make a small, fully walled upper room on the housetop and put a bed there for him with a table, a chair, and a lampstand that whenever he comes to visit, he can uh, turn there. She's increasing her offering. Amen? How many would like to give themselves a raise today? Yes. You can. So she went from making a meal to building a room. Yes. She went from a cook to a decorator yes. and a designer yes. and a builder. Okay? One day he came there, verse 11, and turned into the upper room and lay down to rest. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him. Now he said to Gehazi, say to her now, you have gone uh, to all this trouble for us. What can I do for you? Oh, I'm telling you, when you give to God and you increase your gifts, he's going to say, what can I do for you? Amen. This was a direct result of her sowing. 
And uh, then he said, would you like to be mentioned to the king or to the captain of the army? She answered, I live among my own people in peace and security, and I need no special favors. Later, Elisha said, what then is it to be done for her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. He said, call her. So Gehazi called her and she came and stood in the doorway. Elisha said, at this season next year, you will embrace a son. She said, no, my Lord, no man of God, uh, oh, oh man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived. Hallelujah. She conceived. She conceived because of her giving. I'm telling you, your giving will change your life. Amen. And we need to be radical, generous, free giving. Amen. Open handed givers, because that's exactly what God is to us. And I said all that to say this. Every time that we get together like today, you have an opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God. We invest our tithes, which is 10%, and then above our tithes is an offering. Amen? And you can give it any time during the service. If you're watching online, you can give by going to our website. All kinds of ways for you to give. Hallelujah. And we're excited about giving. Amen? Why? Because God gave to us. Amen? See, I'm excited about giving because God's excited about me. Oh, Father, and I take this time right now and I bless every gift and their and the givers, Father. May you provide for them, protect them, and prosper them as they go. Whatever they put their hands to, Father, may it increase, grow, and may they dominate in their area that you have placed them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, at this time, we're going to dismiss our kids for kids' life. Kids living in faith every day. Kids, have a great class. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about something that's important. You know, if you don't know who you are, you're going to be deceived into being something else. And the only way that you're going to find who you really are is by being connected with your creator, Jesus Christ. And uh, you can see today that there is an identity crisis in our world. People think that there's something else, amen? And what they're thinking is not reality, right? Men think that they're women, women think that they're men, and they haven't changed their parts. They just think they are, right? And uh, how many know God created you a certain way? If you're not sure, just check. Right? You can check. So I want to talk to you today about your identity in Christ. Because do you realize that when, when a person is born to a, into a family, they will display traits and characteristics and behaviors of that family? Right? I can look at my hands and I can say, I have my father's hands. Thick fingers, 
Big, now, my hands are a little bit bigger, but I can see my dad's hands in my hands. Why? It's just a characteristic that I have because he's my father. Amen? And you are going to resemble who you identify with. Amen? And uh, the way you look, the way you're made up, the way you're designed has been influenced by those who, whom God used to bring you here. Amen? How many can see traits of your parents in you? Right? And uh, whether you like it or not, you have their traits. Amen? And, uh, you know, I, in the Bible, everyone who received a new name, that is a type and a shadow of us receiving a new identity in Christ Jesus. You know, when someone witnesses a crime, they have a program called the Witness Protection Program. And they get a new name. They get a new identity. They're located in a new place so that those whom they they testified or witnessed against won't harm them. Amen? And uh, we have Satan who's an identity thief. He wants to take who you really are through deception and lies. Adam and Eve didn't know who they were, therefore they ended up losing the garden because they were deceived, right? So go with me, if you will, to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. As a believer, your true identity is found only in one place, in Christ Jesus. A product can only tell what it really is by talking to the manufacturer. Amen? Everything that is manufactured... What do they have with it? It's called an owner's manual, right? Whether it's an appliance a device, a vehicle, a machine, everything has an owner's manual because that owner, that manufacturer designed it and built it and brought it forth. Praise God, God gave us an owner's manual called the B-I-B-L-E. And if you're unsure of who you are, look to the Bible. If you don't know where you need to go, look to the Bible, amen? It's given to direct you. So, in order to find our true identity, we have to get back to our original roots. In John chapter 3, the Gospel of John, Jesus was having a conversation with a Pharisee or a ruler of the law who came to him at night. He didn't want people to see him, I guess, going to Jesus. And he he, he recognized some things about Jesus. And Jesus answered in verse 3 and said, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So in order to find your true identity, you've got to be born in the right family. Amen? Our original roots is in God. God created man in his likeness and in his image. Mankind including men and women, that is the only creation that is made in God's likeness and in his image. 
Amen? God made you you. God designed you you. He, he brought you here to this earth for a divine purpose. And if you're not born again, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. And if you're not born again, you're never going to find out who you really are. I don't care what mountain or what valley or what beach or what snow-capped area you go to to find yourself. You're not going to find yourself until you find Jesus. If you don't go to Jesus, the only thing that you're going to be is confused. Amen? Because Jesus is the only eternal one. He always was and never will be. When Jesus appeared to John in Revelation, he said, I, I am he who was and is and is to come. Glory to God. He was and he spans across history. Glory to God. History began with He started history. Who made God? Nobody needed to make God. He always was. And he always will be. So Jesus said, so our the origin of our identity is in Christ, is in being a child of God. That's when you're going to find your true self. Amen? All right? Go down to verse 7. Jesus said also, marvel not that I said unto you, you must. Everybody say, I must be born again. It's not an option. You will never connect with your true identity. And I know I'm talking to a lot of people who are born again. This is just a reminder of where you came from so that you know who you are. We're just looking at our family tree today. And we're looking at some of the traits and the things that make us who we are. Amen. Did you know that the Bible is your family tree? Amen. Glory to God. All right. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. And look at verse 23. This is the stuff that you are made of. 1 Peter 1, 23. Being born again... Not of corruptible seed, mm, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides. How long? Hallelujah. You are made of the word of God, which lives and abides forever. You are made of incorruptible seed, indestructible seed, never weakening seed, perfect seed. Hallelujah. You are made of perfection. That's the word of God. God made you from his word. Just like Jesus, he was the word made flesh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not of a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible seed. Glory to God. All right, go to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. We're just taking a stroll down memory lane. I'm sorry, John chapter 1. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and verse 12. John, chapter 1, and verse 12. But as many as received him, how many have received him today? Then you're in the right place. 
you are in the right position to know who you are. All right? As many as received him, to them he gave power or authority to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what a son is in just a minute. Even to them that believe on his name. So there's two ways, right? If you receive him, you become a son. And if you believe in him, you become a son. Amen? Now, ladies, you don't have to get upset at that that term son. All right? Because let me tell you what a son is. A son is someone that shares the same nature as their father. If if you're in him, you got the nature of God on the inside of you. Amen? That didn't get an amen at all? Hallelujah? Do you realize that if you're born again, you share the nature of God on the inside of you? You share the nature of your father. Hallelujah. So a son is anyone sharing the nature of their father. It begins with being born again by the heavenly father through Christ Jesus. It emphasizes the likeness of the believer to the heavenly father. Amen. I want you to know, don't let your past define who you are. Don't let your experience define who you are. Don't let your suffering define who you are. Jesus was not defined by his suffering. Jesus was not defined by his critics. Jesus was not defined by his opposers. Jesus was not defined by the devil. He was defined by his father. And he rested in what his father said about him. And he could care less about what anybody else said about him. And that's how we need to be. If you know who you are in Christ, don't worry about what anybody else says you are. The only voice that matters to you is the voice of Jesus, is the word of God. Amen? So, we are sons. All right? And uh, go to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Hallelujah. It's about to get good in here. Well, I thought it was good, yeah, but it's going to increase in goodness. Did you know that God's revelation is progressive? It's moving. Hallelujah. We're getting somewhere. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you the results of why we need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Romans chapter 9 and verse 8. Romans 9 and verse 8. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. You know, we're not the children of the flesh. We're the children of a promise, just like Isaac was. Amen? God made a promise that said, whosoever believes in in me will have everlasting life. If you have everlasting life, you are born again. You are a whosoever who believed in him. Amen? So we are children of the promise. Children, we are children of God's promise, formed, fashioned, and fixed by his word. You've been formed, fashioned, and fixed by the word of God. So the only thing that can define who you are is the word of God. 
Do you realize, don't check your feelings to see who you are. Because your feelings are going to change. Your feelings are unreliable guides. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. No, it's not about feelings. Your feelings cannot define who you are. Only the word of God can define who you are. And it's up to you to accept it. But we are children of the promise. You know, Abraham had two wives, Sarah and Hagar. Hagar represents the flesh. Sarah represents the promise. Sarah couldn't have children until the word got in her. Hagar could have children, and she didn't need the word. She was able to have children. Sarah wasn't, but God did a miracle. God, God resurrected her womb, and God resurrected Abraham's seed, and he brought the seed and the womb together, and he produced a promised child called Isaac. And Isaac came about because Abraham believed what God said. He came about as a direct connection to the promise of God. What, what would happen if you grab a hold of the promise of God? The promise of God will become a reality in your life. That's what Christianity is. It's making God's promises a reality in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. All God's promises are yes and amen. All right, go to Galatians 3.26. Galatians 3.26. Hallelujah. You are all the children of God by what? By faith in Christ Jesus. You are a child of God, a child of the creator of heaven and earth. You are a child of the Almighty by faith in Christ Jesus. You didn't have to do anything. You just had to believe something. Amen? Glory to God. We are children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. So your, your identity is not defined by what you do. I'm a factory worker. No, you're more than a factory worker. I'm a consultant. You're more than a consultant. I'm a doctor. You're more than a doctor. What you do does not define who you are. I'm a child of God. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm the apple of his eye. I'm victorious. I'm triumphant. I'm the healed. I'm the saved. I'm prosperous. Notice those are all things that God says about you. That's how we have to embrace them. Glory to God. Your identity is found in Jesus Christ. What is an how do you what does it mean to identify? All right, how many's ever traveled? You know, when you travel, they got to identify who you are through your ID or your passport or some form of identification. Every one of us have some form of identification. When you were born, you were assigned a social security number. Amen. And you know. It's important. Identification is important to go places. It gives you access to things. 
All right? But the word identify, it means to classify, recognize, label, distinguish, or discover. Okay? To recognize somebody or something, you're identifying them. You're able to say who he or she or it is, right? To identify means uh, to find out the origin, the nature, or the definitive elements of. To identify means to consider similar or identical. Okay? To identify means to associate or affiliate oneself closely with a person. Hallelujah. I identify with Jesus, and therefore I'm a Christian. Amen? Now, the word identity, okay? Identity means individuality. It means uniqueness. It's characteristics or distinctiveness. Glory to God. Every one of us have distinct traits and characteristics. Identity is the name or essential character that identifies somebody. He's tall. He's got brown hair. Well, now it's not so much brown. (laughs) Talking about me, hallelujah. It's the fact or condition about being exactly alike. Now, I want you to go to an Old Testament story of two verses, and I want you to see something here. Go to 1 Chronicles chapter 4. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, and it's important for you not to accept labels that are put on you. Okay? Now, in this passage of Scripture, there are just two verses that someone refused to be defined by a label. Starting with verse 9, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. And Jabez was more honorable or more famous than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. So here was a mom who gave birth to a son. She had some trouble with the birth, maybe. It was a long birth. It was a hard birth. And she experienced a lot of pain as a result of this birth. So she named her child of her experience. Pain. Now, we we can't help what we're named when we're born, but as we get older, we don't have to accept the label. Amen? If you want to legally change your name, you can. Okay? Here's what Jabez did. I'm not going to accept the label that the world put on me. I'm not going to be known as someone who causes pain. Amen? Verse 10, and Jabez called on the God of Israel. He went to his maker. He went to his manufacturer to find out who he really was. He went to God saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. I don't want to be a pain maker. I want to be a blessed. Amen. He chose to be blessed over someone who produced pain or who was known for producing pain. You know, I had a dentist one time. His literal name was Dr. Shot. His last name was Shot. What an appropriate name for a dentist. You going to see the dentist today? Yeah, Dr. Shot. What, he's going to give you a shot? No, that's his name. Who he is. 
True story. That thou would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast or enlarge my... I want to be known as someone who's blessed and big. Blessed and numerous. Blessed and increasing. Amen? I'm not going to go around causing pain. I'm going to go around yelling blessing. And that your hand might be with me. And that you would keep me from evil and that it may not grieve me. And guess what? God granted him that which he requested. Say, God answered his prayer. Hallelujah. He, he said, I'm not going to accept this label. I'm not going to accept this uh, uh, notation of who I am. I'm going to someone else to define who I am. I'm going to live by a different definition. Hallelujah. I'm going to change the definition. I'm going to write a new definition. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm expanding in my territory. God's hand is on me, and I'm not going to be And God answered his prayer. God was more than happy. He said, yes, I got someone to agree with what I said on the earth. All God needs is someone to agree with him for him to make something happen. Amen? All we got to do is just agree with what God said. So if you've been labeled by something and you don't like the label, change the label. Of course, do you know if you put a label on an empty container, that doesn't mean there's anything in the container, right? Just because you change the label doesn't mean you got to change the substance. Oh my! Listen, you you were dead in sin, but you got a new nature. You got a new nature in Christ Jesus. You're no longer an old sinner saved by grace. You're a new creature. The old sin nature had been taken away through the blood of Jesus. The moment you put faith in Jesus, that sin nature was sucked out of you. It was taken out of you. It was removed from you. Glory to God. So Jabez changed his identity. Amen. How do we know who we are in Christ? Let me give you some ways that you can know. Begin a relationship with God. Amen? Talk to him often. We should not have to look up his number. It should already be on speed dial. Continue to walk and follow God your entire life. Yeah, you can begin a relationship, but then you've got to walk with God the rest of your life. That's the hard part. It's easy to get a new, to begin a relationship. It's a lot harder to carry out that relationship. Amen? Alright? If you want to know who you are in Christ, look at what God said about you. Where are you going to find that? In the Bible. Right? The Bible is the absolute truth. Do you realize God's word is forever settled in heaven? He doesn't have to change his story. It's already been, the moment he spoke it, it was edited and grammatized. Every T was crossed, every I was dotted, every period was placed, every comma, everything that God said, he meant to say it. God never said a word and said, oops, I didn't mean to say that. So if you want to know who you are in Christ, you got to begin a relationship and you got to continue that relationship with God. There, There needs to be communication and communion and interaction between you and God. Okay? you got to listen to what God says about you. 
You've got to hear his voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit, and you've got to hear teaching and preaching. Amen? Those things are important. God chose the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. He chose the method by which change occurs is through preaching the word of God, proclaiming the word of God. Amen? God could have chose any other method, but this is the method that he chose. Amen? You need a preacher, and you need a place to be taught. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right? Then you've got to accept what God says about you as the absolute truth. If God said it, it is the truth. Just take it as the truth. You've got to accept it. You know, some people, they reject the message because of the package that it comes in. But if you know God, you know it doesn't matter what package it comes in, you'll know it's God talking to you. I could be a donkey up here today. But if I'm giving you the word, and if you recognize the word, then you know it's from God. You say, that donkey, that donkey touched my heart today. Oh, there's a story about a donkey talking in the Bible. That's why I said that. And that donkey saved the man's life. Angel was going to take his head off it was, if the donkey didn't speak. There was no one else to speak but the donkey. My goodness, the donkey saved his life. He's beating up on the donkey, and the donkey's like, and the donkey told him that. You've been hitting me, man. You ought to be thankful I said something. But, you know, you've you got to accept what God says about you. A lot of people aren't sure. A lot of people doubt, oh, that can't really be so. Yes, it can. Isn't that what the devil does? God God didn't say you're going to die. You're not going to die. Just take a bite of this and you're not going to die. That's a lie. One lie gave him control of this earth for a time. Think about that. One act, one, dece- one deceiving moment, and man turned his authority over to the devil. All right? And after you accept what God says about you, you've got to speak what God says about you as if it's occurring now. This is why we make confessions. Make confessions in the now. I am healed. Instead of, which is better? I am healed or I'm going to get healed? I am healed. You're claiming who you are. Well, why can you claim that? Because God said he's the healer. God said that by his stripes you are healed. That's exactly what he said. So when you say I'm healed, you're saying what God says about you. And that's what's going to bring the power on your situation. You've got to say what God said about you. Well, if you don't know what God said about you, it's going to be hard to say what God said about you. Right? Okay. You've got to act out... What God says about you by faith, practicing what he says, believe it, receive it, and possess it, and do it. How many know, faith does require action. Faith is an action word. Dead faith does nothing. Alive faith does something. Okay? How How will you know what to do? The Holy Spirit will tell you. He'll show it in your heart. Amen? I mean, the act of getting born again, how do people get born again? Confess him as Lord. That's an action. And that action brings salvation. And even though that action is simple, it's still an action. It doesn't matter if it's simple or not. You're, 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 
your action displays what you believe. Okay? Hallelujah. See, Satan wants to steal your identity. And he wants to cause you to doubt who you are in Christ and what what he's called you to do. Satan is an instigator of doubt. He is a, he's the father of lies. Jesus said the truth is not in him. So when Satan talks to you, he talks to you through thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. There's nothing that Satan can make you do. He can't make you sin, but he can present it in such a way that it looks good, smells good, feels good. Until you get in it, and then you realize, oh, no, I stepped in it. <laughs> you know, I always hated in the fact when you're walking outside, and, and you're walking in the grass, and you stepped in something. You're like, oh, man. And, you know, sometimes what you step in is a little pungent, right? And it requires some cleaning of the bottom of your shoe, Satan uses lies, deception, subtlety, and trickery to steal your identity. He's an identity thief. Okay? And he desires to separate you from God, his life, his blessing, and his goodness. After the conversation with Satan, where was Adam when God came into the garden? He was hiding. They used to walk together, but now there's separation. See, that lie, when, he, when he embraced that lie of the devil, you're not going to die. The moment he did, he was separated from the life of God. And there was a separation there that he couldn't do anything about. And not only that, it brought a curse on the earth. Do you realize the entire earth changed at that moment? You know, in the garden, lions didn't eat sheep. Wolves didn't eat them either. Everybody was vegan. But then the curse came in, and now you have animals eating other animals. How do I know that that's a curse? Because it didn't happen on the ark. Do you realize they were on the ark for a year? I'm sure that in a year, if a lion's hungry, it's going to eat something. Right? But what did the lions eat on the ark? Do you realize God or Noah had to take food enough for the people and the, and the animals? What did they eat? They must have ate hay for a year during that time. I, I, the Bible doesn't say so, but that's just my thought. What's going to happen in the millennium when Jesus comes back and rules on this earth? The lion's going to lay down with the lamb. You can a, a baby can play in an adder's nest and not get bit. Well, that tells me that they're they're. The predator nature came as a result of the curse. Anyway, that's a whole other message. All right? Satan fears believers who know who they are in Christ. If you know who you are in Christ, you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Mm. Satan fears every believer who knows their true identity, who they are in Christ. Satan fears every believer who knows where they have been placed and positioned. You know, you've been positioned. 
somewhere. You've got a higher position than what you had before you knew Jesus. Jesus gave you a raise. He elevated you. He lifted you up. Satan fears every believer who knows that God has given them what the, and pro, knows what God has promised them. Amen? Yes. Satan fears every believer who knows what power is available to them. Yes. We have power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. And nothing shall by any means hurt us. When you're walking in your authority, you can cast out devils. Why do you think devils freaked out when Jesus walked into the synagogue? Ah, you're going to cast us out now, Jesus? Yeah, they freaked out. Are you, are you, gonna, are you here now to execute judgment? He would just say, hold your peace. And mm, the devil couldn't talk, the spirit couldn't talk anymore. Right? We have that authority. And we got to walk in that authority. Satan fears those who walk in that authority. Amen? Satan fears believers who know how to function and operate in God's presence and use the authority of Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Satan fears believers who know the value of their treasure and inheritance. Hallelujah. All right? So, number one... You've got to know who you are in Christ. You have been given a high position. All right? Your identity comes with a position. All right? What position? Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Woo! This is the, now we're getting into the good stuff. I just broke out the new wine. It's better than the first. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us or made us alive together with Christ by grace and has raised us up together And made us sit together where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When you become a believer in Christ Jesus, you get raised to a position with him in heavenly places. Where is he right now? He is sitting at the right hand of God, at the right hand of the throne of God, and he is there positioned, and he is praying for us. And we have a seat with him. Who gave us that seat? He gave us that seat. When we believed in him, you went, whoop, you went up. So you have a position. Your identity in Christ comes with a position. Hallelujah. You like your position. See, when you're sitting up here, your problems are real tiny. They're not as big as they were. Amen? How many's ever been up real high and looked down? Boy, those cars look like small, they look like matchbox cars. Right? So your identity... In Christ comes with a position. Christ elevated you. He lifted you you up. He pulled you up. He brought you higher. And he positioned you with him. That's good news. See, I'm positioned with Jesus. 
See, I've been given a high position. Glory to God. All right? Secondly, because of your identity in Christ, you have power in Christ. You have access to resurrection power. You have access to healing power. You have access to saving power. You have access to the power of God. Amen? Look at Romans 1.4. Romans 1.4. I'm going to read this from the Amplified. It says, as to his divine nature, according to the spirit of holiness, was openly designated to be the son of God with power in a triumphant and miraculous way. By his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, and we know that his resurrection power is the thing that's working in us right now. Amen? If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. Amen? That's power working in you. Say, I got a power on the inside of me. It's working in you. Amen? It's strengthening you when you're weak. It's causing you to overcome when a challenge arises. Amen? It, it causes you to walk in victory. Glory to God. That's what this power does. Amen? We have power. Romans fifteen eighteen. Romans fifteen eighteen. Hallelujah. You having a, a, a good day today? Glad you came today? Glad you're watching today? Hallelujah. God did not create a church to be weak. He created a church to dominate the earth. We're supposed to dominate and rule like Jesus, like God rules heaven. And man was originally supposed to live forever. And death wasn't there until sin came. And when sin occurred, death, it brought sin into the earth. But yet it took 900 and some years for death to, uh, to do its final work in Adam. It took a long time because we were originally meant to live forever. And, and, and what Adam lost, Jesus gained. Jesus is called the second Adam. Where Adam failed, Jesus won. Amen? Jesus reversed everything that Adam lost. Uh, hallelujah. So we can walk in the victory. Amen? God wants us to walk like he walked. If he can... Put on flesh and walk in this earth. We can put on the spirit and walk in the spirit. Isn't that what Galatians says? Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the desires of the flesh. We got to walk like we're spiritual people born again. Filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, someone who's filled with the Holy Ghost isn't worrying about woe is me. That's not a conversation that someone's full of the Holy Ghost has. Someone who's full of the Holy Ghost says, the devil better watch out. I'm coming for him. Amen? Hallelujah. Romans 15, 18. For I will not even presume to speak of anything except what Christ has done through me. Has Christ done something through you? Amen. Has Christ done something in you? Hallelujah. And it's an ongoing work. Glory to God. He said, I began a good work in you, and I'm going to continue to work until I return. Glory to God. Jesus is at work in me. Hallelujah. As an instrument in his hands, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles to the gospel by word and deed. Verse 19, 
with the power of signs and wonders in the power of the spirit. So starting from Jerusalem, as far as Illyricum, whatever, I have preached the gospel. Amen. Paul tapped into this power. At one time in Paul's life, he was going around persecuting Christians. He would, he would find people who believed in Jesus. He would go into their homes. He would, uh, arrest them. He would abuse them. He would incarcerate them. Right? Until he, he thought that that was his identity. He thought, I'm a persecutor. Until he met Jesus. He was going to Damascus and Jesus showed up and says, a persecutor is not who you really are. He said, why are you persecuting me? And he said, oh Lord. Right? And he was blind. Scales were on his eyes. And for three days, God showed him his true identity, preaching the gospel, planting churches, being an apostle, one who sent to go start works. And after three days, he made the decision, I'm accepting this identity. I'm accepting who I really am. And, and Ananias was sent by God and he walked in and said, brother Saul and laid his hands on him and the scales fell from his eyes. He got baptized in water. He got born again. Hallelujah. And he became a preacher of righteousness. He totally changed and transformed his old identity into someone new who his original design. And he lived that way for the rest of his life. Until he got to the point where he said, I ran my race and I finished my course with joy. And he was happy to go to Rome to die. When Paul was facing death, he didn't say, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? No, he was glad. How many know, when you're a born again, spirit filled believer, death has no sting on you. You can face death without any fear whatsoever. Why? Because for us it's just a promotion. Amen. And then when we have our identity in Christ, we have all of his provision. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. We have provision in Christ. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be God and the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the past tense. Who has blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I want to tell you something. Spiritual blessings produce natural blessings. And if we're blessed with all spiritual blessings, there's nothing impossible to us. Nothing we can we can do. How many things in Christ? All things through Christ who strengthens us. All things are possible to them that believe. Hallelujah. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Have been blessed. I, I have been, I am, and I will be. Amen. The only way I lose the blessing is if I walk away from Christ. And you walk away from Christ through disobedience. Hallelujah. Go to chapter 3 and verse 20. Chapter 3 and verse 20. 
We're blessed with every spiritual blessing. Amen for that. But look at chapter 3 and verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Hallelujah. According to the power that works in us. Unto him, Jesus, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing, and he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Jesus said, if you pray to the Father in my name, I'll do it for you. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. My goodness, see, when you abide in him and his words abide in you, you're like-minded. You have the same thoughts. You have the same desires. You have the same will. You have the same likes and dislikes. Aren't you glad that the Bible told us what God liked and what God doesn't like? Avoid what God doesn't like and participate with what God likes. Amen? Hallelujah. And because we have an identity in Christ, because we know who we are in Christ, we can enjoy his presence. Go to Psalm 1611. Psalms 1611. Hallelujah. Did you know that because you identify with Christ... You can go into his presence. You can go into the throne room. You can go into the holy place anytime you want, anytime you feel like it. Hallelujah. God's got a chair for you. God's got a seat for you. Amen. It's been open to you. Hallelujah. Psalm 1611. Listen to this. (laughs) You will show me the path of life. Hallelujah. When you find your identity, you know where to go. You get direction. You know who you are. Amen. And in your presence is what? Fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Whoo! I can walk into the presence and experience fullness of joy. You need a joy charge up? Amen? I'll tell you, electric cars need to be charged and Christians need to be charged. They need to be charged with joy. And this is a charging station right here today. Amen? If, you're, if you came in with some joy low, we can fill your tank up. Amen? In his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that. And all of his pleasures you have access to. Because you, you know who you are in Christ. That's your identity. Your identity gives you benefits. Healing. Salvation. Deliverance. Peace. Joy. Love. Acceptance. Help when you need it. A way out of uh, temptation. Glory to God. There's so many benefits. Read Psalm 103. It's a list of forgetting out all of his benefits. Hallelujah. But you got to know who you are. You got to accept who you are in Christ. Not apart from Christ. Not on your own. Not from someone else. Only Christ can define who you really are. Because he's the, he's the one who knows the truth. Because he is the truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ephesians 3.19. Go back to Ephesians. I know we were just there, so it's easy to find. Ephesians 3.19. You know, people who are religious don't know who they are in Christ. 
You know, the Pharisees in Jesus' day, they were the most relig- they were the religious leaders of Judaism. And there stood the Son of God before them, and they didn't even know who he was. Jesus even said to some of them, he said, you are of your father, the who? The devil. So if, if, if the devil is your father, then God's not your father, then you're not born again. Because you're not resembling your father. Because they wanted to murder him. Who's a murderer? The devil. Right? If you have a desire to murder, you're thinking like your father. Better change families. God doesn't think of murder. I mean, he thinks of justice, but he doesn't think of murder. Amen? And yeah, there are, st- there are things that God has to do according to his judgment. But you, if, if you only knew how many opportunities you had for mercy before judgment came. You know, people think that, that God is this, this fierce God just waiting for you to mess up. No, if, you, if, if, if God was to really show you how many opportunities he gave you of mercy before judgment came. You'd be, you'd, you'd be blown away. Do you realize Nineveh was scheduled for destruction? But God sent him mercy in the form of Jonah. And at first he didn't want to go. But, you know, God has ways of persuading us. Right? Hopefully you can believe and not have to be persuaded like Jonah was. You don't have to take the first submarine ride at a fish to be convinced to go do what God said. So what did Jonah do? Finally, okay, the the fish spit him out. I can only imagine what that was like. There's Jonah covered in whatever. I mean, he he might have looked like cousin it of the Adams family. So he, he goes the length of Nineveh which is scheduled for destruction. Forty days, you're going to be destroyed. Forty days, you're going to be destroyed. So the king gets a hold of that message. He says, I'm not going to let my city be destroyed. He takes off his royal robe. He makes everybody fast, including the animals. Read it. For three days, they fasted and prayed and cried out to God. Guess what? They received repentance. Or they received the judgment will stay because of their change of behavior. Yeah. See, judgment only comes when behavior doesn't change. And, and God has given people multiple opportunities to change along the way. Before, If you've gotten to the point of judgment, you've passed up so many times to receive mercy. And you're going to look back and you can say, wow. How many times was Saul shown mercy when he was chasing David? David could have killed him in the cave. David could have killed him in the camp. There were so many times when David could have killed him, but he didn't. And he, he said, look, here I, here I am. I, you know, I didn't kill you. Oh, you're, you're, you're so good, David. And Saul was being tormented by this evil spirit, being driven by this evil spirit. He was pursuing an innocent man all across Israel. And so many times he had mercy, 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 but he refused. He rejected the opportunity. He rejected repentance. He rejected mercy. So what happened? He lost the anointing. Never to get it back. He lost the anointing. 
Yeah, he was still king. He still had a position. But what's a position without the anointing? Don't know why I said all that, but someone needed to hear it. Ephesians 3.19. Oh, hallelujah. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with what? The fullness of God. How many want to be filled with the fullness of God? Then you got to get acquainted with the love. Who is love? That's God. I remember one time in my, in my backslidden days, I was at a party. And I was the only one from my high school. And there were all kinds of other people from another high school. You know how that is. Right? And I'm, I'm just there sinning in a place where I shouldn't, okay? And this guy came up to me for no reason. And he just wanted to fight. He said, I'm a fighter. And I looked at him and I said, well, I'm a lover. Why? I mean, I knew God, but I wasn't following God at that particular moment. But I didn't want to fight. Because he had more friends than I had there. You got to be wise. I mean, so he hauled off and punched me. You know, and I just stood there like this. He, He hit me and I just looked at him. And I just said, well, I'm going to be going now. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you're not going to start a fight because then four other guys are going to join in. And I, I walked out of that place, but I was able to take that punch. You know, I, sh- I shouldn't have been there. Yes, I shouldn't have been there. But I took what he dished out. And it didn't move me. It didn't phase me. And I'm sure that that, I mean, because he, he, he gave it his best shot. I mean, he really... You know, one of those hail makers or. Yeah. But there. See, you want to be filled with the fullness of God. You got to know. You got to know the love of Christ. And you can only find the love of Christ by having your identity with Christ. You identify with Christ now. Amen. Let your home identify with a godly home. Identify with a godly family. Amen? Break every curse. I mean, listen, forget about the past. Let the past go. My goodness, people are holding on to the past. One of my relatives, years ago, they were bringing things up that happened 50 years ago. Would you please let it go, for goodness sake? You can't do anything about 50 years ago today. Some of you are bound by your past. You identify with what happened in that past. You are not living in the past. You are living in the present. It's time to leave the past. you got a brighter future. Do you realize... Jesus, when he rose from the dead, did not go testify how the grave was. He did not say, boys, let me tell you, oh, behind that stone wall, laying on that marble, that table, that rock table, it was not. He did not talk about 
the grave. He talked about the resurrection. He talked about the future. He talked about what he wanted them to do. He didn't have conversations about the grave. He didn't even say, ouch, when Thomas wanted to touch him. He says, yeah, touch me. I'm flesh and bone. You can touch me all day long. I'm not even going to say, ouch. When you walk, when you can walk through walls, you don't worry about touching your wounds. Amen? Oh, my goodness. When you know what God has given to you, you become unstoppable. How many know that God's given them some things? If you know that God gave them, the world can't take them away. If God gave you joy, the world can't steal your joy because it didn't come from them. Amen? When you're confident in what God's given you, you, you're walking in it, you're living in it, you're speaking it. Amen? It's going to change your life. If you don't know what God's given to you, read the book. Amen? Hallelujah. And then you got to know what God promised you. All of his promises to you are yes and amen. Every promise that God wrote in his Bible, if you ask him, can I have that? His answer will be yes, amen. Amen means so be it. Can I have healing? Yes, amen. Can I prosper? Yes, amen. Can I overcome this? Yes, amen. Amen. All his promises to you are yes and amen in Christ. Because I'm identifying with Christ, therefore I get the promises. If you be in Christ, my favorite verse in the Bible, Galatians 3.29. If you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Romans 8.16 and 17, we are joint heirs with Jesus. You've got to really understand what that means. Everything Jesus gets, you get. Everything that happens to Jesus can happen to you. Amen? He, he got resurrected, you get resurrected. He overcome, you, you, you overcome. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then go to 2 Corinthians 4, 7, and I'm done, I think. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. This is powerful. But we have... Mm. Think about those three words. But we have. This treasure. We have God's treasure. In earthen vessels. In us. In this body. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Oh, hallelujah, we've got treasure that has been deposited in us by God. He put his most valuable treasure, his only son, his living word, his word of righteousness. He put it in us. He put his Holy Ghost in us. He put his plan in us. He put his will in us. He put his grace in us. Hallelujah. He put this in us so that we could be successful and victorious. We could be champions. Hallelujah. God wants us to live as champions. We got to start living like champions. Muhammad Ali, he called himself a champ before he ever was one. If an unbeliever who became a Muslim can do that, 
How much more can a believer in Christ Jesus do that? Call those things that be not as though they are. That's what Abraham did to have a baby after a hundred years old. He says, I call myself Abraham. I call myself a father of many nations. He had no child. He had no sin. I call myself. I call myself. And he became what he called himself. He called himself father of Abraham Luffin. He saw Sarah over there. He goes, hey, baby, what you doing? Amen? Glory to God. we got to know who we are. You're the blood-bought church. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are a peculiar people. It doesn't mean you're weird. It means someone owns you. It means ownership. How did, how, how did God own you? He bought you with his blood. He shed his blood for you. Amen? We have victory over every sickness and every disease on this planet. We have victory over any, every enemy that comes against us. We were designed. We have, cha- we, listen, we come from a champion bloodline. We, 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 come from, we come from someone who's won every battle, won every race, overcame every difficulty. Hallelujah. We come from a winning line. We've been chosen on the winning team. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is who we are. We are Christ's chosen people. We are God's chosen people. We are adopted. We have the spirit of adoption. And we can cry, Daddy God. We can sit in God's lap. We We can love on him as he loves on us. Hallelujah. This is who we are. We are possessors of promises. We are performers of miracles. We are proclaimers of truth. Hallelujah. And we are people of his presence. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on. Get excited about who you are. Get excited about who you are. Give God praise for who you are and what he's done. It's an entirely finished work. Jesus said on that cross, he said, it is finished. I've done everything that needs to be done. Now you go be who I've called you to be. You go do what I've called you to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is who we are. You are not going to live with your head down. Unless you're sitting way up here. I'm looking down on my problems because I'm way up here. I can't help but look, I can't look, I can't look any higher because I'm high. Amen. There's no high like the most high. Glory to God. You are seated with Jesus. You can use his name. His blood is on the inside of you. Glory to God. And if that doesn't float your boat, you need another dip. If you can't get excited about that, your wood is wet. Hallelujah. This is good stuff. This is the Bible. This is what God did. He brought you out of that junk the devil had you in. He brought you out of captivity. Took you out of the mud and the mire. Set your feet upon a rock. 
He's, got, he's building a mansion for you in heaven. He is going to prepare a place for you. Because he knows that because you've accepted him, you're going to be there with him. Your mansion is being built as we speak. Hallelujah. You are sitting, you, you entered into a new kingdom. Glory to God. You left darkness and you're in light now. Hallelujah. You left depression and you're in joy now. You left pain and sorrow and you're in rejoicing now. Hallelujah. And if you don't feel like rejoicing now, just wait till morning because joy comes in the morning. I mean, if you want to spend one more night with the frogs, you go ahead. I mean, can you think about that? Frogs in the oven, frogs in the toaster, frogs in the refrigerator, frogs in the pot. You want, to, want me to get rid of the frogs? No, one more night. One more night with the frogs? Let me just put up this, with the suffering one more day. I can handle it. No, you can't. Get rid of the suffering right now. Get rid of the curse right now. Amen. I declare you free indeed today. Free indeed. Free from sickness. Free from poverty. Free from negative words that were spoken over you. Free from people that betrayed you, that hurt you. Free from pain. Hallelujah. I come, if you've got stiff joints, stand up right now. If you have any stiff joints, I want you to lift up your hands and I want you to start just saying, I'm free. Right now, I'm free, I'm free, and free. God's freeing your joints by the power of the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of, I declare every joint free by the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And move those joints right now. Move them. Hallelujah. You're going to experience the freedom that God brings. Glory to God. I say Believer, you are loosed in the name of Jesus. You're a daughter. You're a son of Abraham. You have a covenant of life, a covenant of healing. Satan's got to lose his grip. I command that spirit of infirmity to leave your body right now in the name of Jesus. Spirit of infirmity, leave those joints. Leave those bones. Set those bones free, Lord, in Jesus' name. I command you free indeed. And if you got free, you might need to cut a rug. You might need to cut a rug. You might need to do something you've never done before. I don't care if you just do this. Hallelujah. You gotta rejoice in your freedom. You gotta celebrate your freedom. When Lazarus heard it was time to come out, he started hopping. He was, he was tied up. That's all he could do. He didn't stay there. The man who sat for 38 years at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus said, do you want to be made well? Well, I don't have a man. Look, the man has come. Jesus was right. Jesus was the man. Do you realize Jesus didn't even put him in the water? He said, pick up your mat and go. He didn't even use the water. I'm telling you, the man at the pool of Bethesda, he sat there for 38 years. The minute Jesus said, pick up his mat, that man stood up. That man started walking. He obeyed the word of the Lord. God's doing something right now. God's doing something right now. When people find out who they are in Christ, oh my goodness. Hallelujah. 
I can see the enemy going, oh, no, no, they're getting a hold of it. They're getting a hold of it. They're getting a hold of it. Hallelujah. You're getting a hold of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, is there anyone here that maybe you need to recalibrate? Your scale's off. You know, when a scale's off, you got to recalibrate it. You got to bring it back to its original. God's in the recalibrating business. He's in the restoration business. Amen? It's time for you to come to the Father. If you need to recalibrate, I want you to come up here right now in the name of Jesus. Today's your day of victory. Today's you just just stand right here. Face me. Hallelujah. Today's what's your We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise, there's joy. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals, we sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he rose up from that cross. He rose up from that grave. My God still rolling on the way. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Now we're running free. We are forgiven. 
accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. Accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy. Today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Yeah, we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Isn't it good to know who you are in Christ? Wild horses can change who you are in Christ. Maintain that. Don't let go. Keep walking the walk and talking the talk. Don't let up. Keep pressing in for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Have a super wonderful, blessed week. See the youth on Tuesday. Refreshing on Wednesday. Our last Bible adventure on Thursday. Hallelujah. Good things happening. Ladies, book.